Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Les Talk Podcast. LDS is in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We are both sad and happy to be with you guys this week. We got a week six recap, and unfortunately, we have a BYU-Boise State recap. But let's skip that for now. We got Cougs and the Pros and much, much more. So without further ado, oh, man, this is going to suck. Let's pool. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Don't forget that strike! Let's back this booler. Yeah! <laughs> Let's go wild. Let's man. go, baby. Let's go. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. So, it's another Tuesday, and we're looking back at another week of BYU football. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, bad. Bad. <laughs> Just bad. Very All bad. around. BYU played host to Boise State, and it was bad. <laughs> You know, the day didn't start off terrible. I mean, the day started off pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, on Saturday, we hosted our first uh, tailgate. We had food, t-shirts, and everything. So thank you to everyone that came out and that supported us. We actually did have a lot of people out, that, yeah. that turned out. It was great. And we got to hand out some flyers, and we got, you know, more followers on Instagram. A few more people listen to the podcast. So, you know, when we have events like that in the future, make sure to go ahead and share with your friends. We hope that it did not contribute <laughs> to the outcome of the game. We're very superstitious. <laughs> Extremely superstitious. So, yeah, it was good. I, I think it'll be better if it's not a, such an early kickoff. Ooh, okay. yeah. You don't have to come get burgers for breakfast, <laughs> which there's nothing wrong with. But Absolutely not. A little irregular, I would say. Yeah. I do have to say my body did not handle it very well. <laughs> oh. Waking up early, like chugging three Mountain Dews, downing two burgers, <laughs> and then playing football and running to the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not ideal. But it was fun. It was a good time. And it was we yeah, we'll recap the uh, games that we watched while we were there cuz it mm-hmm. was the uh, yeah. All right, guys. Good weekend. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to dance around it anymore. BYU lost 26 to 17 to Boise State on Saturday on prime time ABC coverage. They lost. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. In case you didn't hear, it was bad. <laughs> Boise State was two and three going yeah. into the game, coming off a perplexing loss to Nevada, mm-hmm. and I was feeling good about our chances. And Me in too. the first quarter, it was looking good. It really ten to was. nothing. We were we were riding high. The Nakuas were playing fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the Nakuas made a fool out of a Boise State DB that tried to dive. <laughs> And tackle him out of the, uh, and tried to push him out of bounds and went flying. Oh, yeah. He just went flying. <laughs> that was breaks. awesome. The, the stadium went crazy. And then Samson absolutely mossed that poor cornerback. Oh, that was so great. I loved that. After uh, that, he did like, he put his hand down. Yeah, he did small too, thing. Small, yes, too small. Yeah, the basketball celebration. <laughs> but then, what does BYU do after they get out to a lead? They play conservatively, and man, did it bite us in the rear end. I don't even know if I'd call it conservatively. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it playing at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's just get into it. Let's Our knee-jerk reactions in the stadium. Justin, give it to us. Exactly how you were feeling. Okay, maybe not exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll censor it. I'll censor it. Filter it. Um, you want to know how I feel? I think the best explanation of how I feel is in the immortal words of the ESPN analyst, Stephen A. Smith. I am having a very bad day. I am in no mood. This, today, is one of the worst days that I've had in a long time. My knee-jerk reaction because I really agree with Stephen A. Smith there. I'm having a really bad day because I'm asking myself, what the heck is A-Rod thinking? 
how the heck did we how did how the heck did we how the heck did we get beat out in the trenches and get manhandled by a subpar Boise State team? I can't even speak because that's how upset I am. How do we have a first and goal within the five yard line and not run the ball? Losing this game, this game in particular, ruined our season. Mm. Now we're gonna go ten or two or nine and three, playing some meaningless bowl game against a group of five team to finish the season. This is awful. That's how I felt right after the game. <laughs> Jared, how did you feel? Um, so I had to leave the game. <laughs> I, was, I yeah, you ran right past. That's true. Yep, I, I can witness. There came a point in the game. I don't even remember what point it was, but no, it was after the the not scoring. Oh and, yeah, on the goal four line. Plays on the goal line, and we yep. threw the ball three times. We'll get into that a little bit. <clears throat> I stormed out of the stadium because BYU football ruined my Saturday. And if there's one song that I could, that emulates my feelings the best, it would be this, an instant classic. I'm Mr. Wit. Damn, Mr. Wit. I'm Mr. Wit. Anyway, so... That's how I felt because our season is over. Like you said, I miss it. I miss it already. I miss that feeling of, oh, we're on a roll. We're, we're doing great. Um, all in all, BOU football was a burden this Saturday. It ruined my day. We were having a great time. It was a freaking amazing day of college football. But what were we doing? I was stuck shoving dino poop into my eyes for four hours straight <laughs> and then scraping around with a spork trying to get it out for the next five. So I couldn't enjoy any of the beautiful games that went on that afternoon and evening. And I was so... I, yeah, okay. I, Danny, let's just go to you. Let's get Okay. Let's get well, the wise words of Chris Martin. This is how I feel. And the tears come streaming down your face When you lose something you can't replace When you love someone but it goes to waste Could it be worse? And in other words... You guys remember the European Super League they tried to make I do a few months that. ago? Yeah, <laughs> all the big European soccer teams. Yeah, and all the fans were mad at their money-hungry rich owners, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Hashtag Glazer out." That's what I remember from Manchester United. Well, my knee-jerk reaction to this game was hashtag A Rod out, <laughs> and hashtag Tuiaki out, because we did not handle this game well at all. I think from the pre-game. Maybe we'll get into a little, you know, as they're into a little into their preparations to this game, to the execution, the play calling. It was not a pretty sight. And it started off so well. I was so hopeful. And I think the worst thing about it is I feel like we could have won this game easily if we handled it differently. But we didn't. And we lost. And it's going to be a big black mark on our season. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Not going to be good. It's a big Navy mark. Oh, I, <laughs> I can't talk about this anymore. God. This is just too depressing. Let's move into a, a new segment that we have that yes. you know, we're going to include many times after losses. Hopefully, we don't have to do this segment very frequently. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Dan, what was the good that happened in this game? My good goes to our wide receivers. Ooh. I think... This might be our strongest position group on the team. Mm. Um, the Nakua's balled out. We've mentioned them already. Uh, Puka, it seems like, is our, becoming our number one guy. Yeah. And really? I'm very happy to have him. The Washington transfer, he's great. He gets a lot of yards after catch. Um, Gunnar Romney and Neil Pu'u also showed up. Kind of did what they could to help us win. So that I thought that was good. All right. I was pretty happy about that. All right. My good is the Nakua's. Wide receiver group is fantastic. This game specifically, I thought we should have focused on the Nakua's a little bit more. We only threw to Puka like, and, and Samson just a couple times, but they were the ones that were killing it. So the good from this game, 
our wide receivers, like Danny said. Mm -hmm. The good for me in this game is actually, and this might be a bold take, our defense. Mm. Um, our defense held Boise State to 26 points despite dealing with four turnovers. I mean, three real turnovers. One of them was garbage time. And this, if you want to count the two turnovers on downs as well. Right, yeah. So, so then there's five real turnovers that that our defense was having to manage. You know, Boise State yeah. having really good field position, and they still held them to 26 points. When it comes down to it, a team needs to score more than 26 points to win a ball game. And yep. if BYU can't do that, it's the offense's fault, not the defense's. That's mm -hmm. actually a really good point. Because yep. we had five turnovers, they had five scores. Mm-hmm. So Fair. <laughs> That's pretty good. Now to the bad. Justin, what was your bad? Uh, my bad was everything. <laughs> uh, just everything about Saturday, the game. It was awful. No, like, there was some good, like I said, the defense, but I was really disappointed in uh, the way that our team handled this game. Um, uh, my bad is play calling, clock management. Uh, it was just bad all around. I didn't like what A-Rod was doing. I didn't like what Tuiaki was doing. I thought it was really, it was just all around bad. Like, I didn't recognize this team at all whatsoever from the first couple of games. Yeah, my bad was ball security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We had that four, was pretty bad. four fumbles this game. Got one back, but lost the other three. Uh, Katoa had two. One was on a kick return. The other was you know, on a pretty important drive. Yep. Algier had one. <clears throat> and then Hobbs Nyberg on a punt return. Kind of muffed the punt, but was able to yeah, dive right on, it on it. Thank goodness. <laughs> <cover it. laughs> Thank goodness. Could have been a lot worse, but... Yeah, four fumbles is way too many. I think one fumble is too many. Yep. <laughs> four is something else. We cannot keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And now for the ugly. Oh, no. The ugly for me, ball control. And to speak to Jared's point about the, the, the play calling clock management, I don't know what the heck our team was doing. Like, I was talking to Jared and I was screaming about this. We were down two scores. Had the ball at the end of the third <laughs> quarter. And while we had the ball in the fourth quarter, too, while we were driving... We were taking the play clock all the way down to zero as if we had time to waste. We didn't have time to waste, but we were still doing it. I just absolutely don't understand it. Yeah, my ugly was play calling. I mean, we've talked about this already. Like coming off the Utah State game, we kind of learned a lot about this team and what worked for us. Yeah, you'd think. Which is Tyler Algier. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't really matter who we have at QB, even if it's a true freshman Jacob Conover. If we use Tyler Algier correctly, we can beat anyone mm -hmm. that is on our schedule. Um, but we didn't do that at all. I don't know what we saw <laughs> against Boise State. I don't know what the coaches were trying to do. It was completely different. It didn't work. We didn't utilize Tyler Algier. And we didn't give our receivers a good enough chance. I feel like it was just some random in-between thing that was yeah. very bad. Yeah. My ugly is picking the freaking ball out of the end zone and trying to run the kickoffs back instead of fair catching or getting a touchback. Oh, no. Absolutely horrible. Lapini Katoa does it. What happens? He fumbles, fumbles the ball. Short of the 25, mind you, yeah. which if you call fair catch or do a touchback, it's 25, right? Yep. Nope. Lopini, I got this. Fumbles it. Nope. You're done. Pull him out. They put in some Yunko who <laughs> catches the ball after what we just saw. And after what we've been seeing, how BYU's opponents have been taking the ball out of the end zone, and they've been fumbling, they've been stopped short. So what does this 19 guy think? <laughs> Tries to run it out. That's exactly what he thought. Yeah, and he gets to like the 20-yard line and gets tackled. Gets Minus his five. head absolutely taken off yeah. in the process. Yeah, that was the second one. The second <laughs> one, he takes out one. again. Again, after losing five yards and fumbling, he takes it out again out of the end zone and gets absolutely bangled <laughs> by the Boise State <laughs> kickoff team, which normally I'm like, yeah, targeting, give us the yards. No, he deserved that <laughs> hit, that little numb school. Oh, goodness gracious. He needs to learn, man. <laughs> oh, he needs some milk. So, uh, I just, I'm off my rant anyway. Um, not really. <laughs> Here's a sure. stat from Greg Rebell. Um, so, in re this, I'm just going to read it verbatim. In response to a question about the value of fair catching, fair catching every kickoff that isn't a touchback, here are the resulting yard lines after BYU's six kick returns this season. Okay? Okay. We got, and mind you, 
if you fair catch or get a touchback, ball goes to 25. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. so in order Automatic. to have it worth it, you need to pass the 25-yard line. Mm-hmm. Kick return number one, 17-yard, minus eight. Okay. Kick return number two, 22 yards, minus three. 32, it was a pooch kick, caught at the 20, doesn't count. Okay. The 24, minus one. Oh, that was also a fumble. Oh. <laughs> 23, minus two. 18, minus seven. Only one time has the kickoff produced something past the 25-yard line. And that was and on was, a pooch kick where the ball wasn't even going to the 25-yard line anyway. Exactly. I will never understand why we take the ball out on kickoffs. Oh, man. Yeah, with this, with this return team, it makes no sense. If you have, like, a really good speedster that can break it for a touchdown and really good blocking, I'm fine with you taking it out. But we've seen clearly... We can barely make it to the 25-yard line. Barely to the 20 <laughs> Barely to the yeah. 20. Let's so, be honest, BYU doesn't have any of those speedsters. Yeah. We do those are all five-star recruits. Those are all right? four or five-stars that go somewhere else. Yes! Goodness gracious. We need to learn. You can't, you know, that kick return for a touchdown that you got at, like, you know, Division Three Utah um, at, at Tooele or something. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> it was. College. Like, yeah, Snow College. That's, it's not going to work in Division One football, and people need to realize that. Just... Unless you see an absolute clear, clear as day lane, fair catch that ball. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. Yep. In my 22 or so years that I've been a Cougar football fan, mm-hmm. I've seen one kickoff return for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. It was in like 2011 or 2012 versus Virginia, and it was Adam Hine. Ooh. And guess what? He was wearing white, okay? It was a whiteout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were not wearing white freaking navy. No navy. Which no navy. To right yeah. now, we're going to, after letting it stew. After three or so days, how are we feeling, Justin? Okay, after letting it stew, I love Jaron. Jaron is a great quarterback, but if he cannot run the football, then he is holding our offense back. There's a reason that Hall was chosen over Baylor, and it's because of his ability to make plays with his legs. He was unable to do that because he was hurt against uh, Boise State. So I, I don't know like the, the comparison between him and Conover, but... Because like we really haven't seen Conover play, but right. unless Jaron can run, I don't think he should be our starting quarterback. When he's running, he's great. Our offense sputtered too often because he couldn't do it. Mm. I will say though, I mostly blame Aaron Roderick and not Jaron Hall. I don't think he's our answer as the new offensive coordinator. We need to score more than twenty points a game to win a football game, as I was saying <laughs> earlier. Elite programs put up forty a game. We need to do that too. We need to step on the gas. I'm not upset with our defense. I think we are better than we showed, but this one hurts a lot. I agree. Uh, quick word on Jaron Hall. Mm-hmm. Insider info, Riley Nelson, who is the color analyst for BYU Radio with Greg mm-hmm. Bell, during the timeouts, he was like getting very hot with Jaron Hall. He's like, really? somebody needs to tell Jaron Hall to stop patting the ball when he's throwing it because he's throwing it a half second late. <laughs> and I noticed this earlier in the season when Jaron goes back, he like taps the ball before he throws it, right? Huh. Kind of like you do in backyard football. Where you're like, Itch. yeah, you know, just because it looks cool. Yeah, but apparently Riley Nelson gets really mad at him for that <laughs> because his throws, like we saw, even the touchdown pass was a full second late. Yeah, right? late. Yep. And so he was just getting mad. So anyway, I think this game. <laughs> I, I let me give you a little analogy, okay? Okay. You go buy a new car from like some shady backyard lot in South Salt Lake. Okay. Okay. West Jordan. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go, like, West Valley. Oh, West Valley, Valley. yeah. Anyway. Roseville. This is not a, a slam on anything. No. But we you go buy everything. a new car. You don't check the Carfax, like the little fox that yeah, tell you on the commercials. Carfax. Carfax. And you're driving along, and it's a really nice car. And you see the warning lights go on. You're like, oh, that's weird. You turn the car off. You turn it back on. They go away, right? You keep yeah. driving. It'll give you some warning signs here and there, but you just kind of, like, turn them off. You put the tape over them, you know? <laughs> Because you're going on all these fancy dates, and you don't want them to see that your car is bad, okay? Then, you're going to St. George to go golfing, and you're going 85 miles an hour down a dark desert highway. Down a dark desert highway. <laughs> and your engine explodes, and all the wheels fall off, okay? <laughs> that is what happened to BYU. The warning signs were there. We, I, I just, I put tape over them because I didn't want to see them. We'd barely beaten bad teams. We hadn't put together a complete team, a, a complete game. Jaron was looking like, all right, but not fantastic, right? 
And now this is all where it all came back to bite us. We couldn't put together a complete game. We didn't get a big lead in the first quarter, so we couldn't hang on. It all just came together. Also, freaking uniforms. We yep. were all dying because of how hot they were, right? They were looking so good they coming out of the really tunnel. They looked really good, I must say. But, but our two worst games of the season have been when we've been wearing navy. And that's the truth. That's all I'm going to say. Facts. Facts? Yep. No, that's Carfax that's right there. That's a Carfax. <laughs> that's a Carfax. <laughs> Uniform Carfax. Anyway, so after letting it stew, I realized that BYU is not as good as we thought they were. We're in an okay spot. 5-1 and one isn't bad. Next couple of games are really going to define our season. But 5-1, and one, I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about quarterback. Because okay. I agree with Justin. And my basis is that, you know, when they did the quarterback competition all throughout camp, they picked Jaron Hall. And I don't know if that's just because of his ability to run the ball or running and throwing. I don't know any of that. But what I've seen is Jaron Ball is not really running the ball very much anymore. And he's not as good at throwing as Baylor Romney is from what I've seen. That's the truth. Baylor Romney has had some dimes, <laughs> especially to his brother Gunnar Romney, and even to Puka and everyone else. Baylor Romney has been dialed in whenever he plays. Um, and Jaron Hall has been worse, frankly, at throwing the ball <laughs> than Baylor Romney. Truth. So if Jaron's not going to be running the ball, it's not going to be a dual threat. Then I think I personally would go with Baylor Romney, but you know, take that with a grain of salt. I don't know everything that's going on in practice or whatever. But when I, especially when I consider we have Tyler Algier as our running back, who is, I think, one of the best backs in the country, we don't even need a dual threat quarterback anyway. <laughs> right? Our rushing game should be just fine if our coaches let it be by giving him the ball. So it's tough. I mean, I feel bad for Jaron Hall with the injuries and everything he's gone with, but if he can't be who he is, a dual threat, without getting injured, then he's not the guy for me. Mm, bold. And I was, you know, this is kind of changing topics, but after letting it stew, I think Boise State, you know, played their best game of the season and beat us. We played probably our worst game of the season. Yeah. It sucks. And I think our chances of a special season, you know, New Year Six or playoff are gone. Mm, definitely. Which is sad. I mean, there's maybe a slim chance we can make a New Year Six if the right people lose and we win out, but my hopes of that are pretty much gone at this point. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. We're still a good team, but we're not top 10 good, I don't think, by any means. And our coordinators are inexperienced and young. I I would put this on them. Hopefully they can learn, and if they do, great. If not, Maybe they won't be the ones for the job. <laughs> I don't mean to be out here calling for everyone's jobs, but <laughs> all I'm saying is Dan's holding an axe. Like, I hope they I'm learn not from for this. Here, but <laughs> all I'm saying is I hope Jordan Hall gets healthy and learns how to throw the ball, <laughs> and I hope our coaches learn from what happened against Boise State and become better coaches because of it. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. I I think we all love Jaron Hall. We think he's great. And he's electric, too, when he runs the ball. He's yeah. absolutely he electric. He has an element to his game that Baylor doesn't have. Mm-hmm. But it's Baylor also has an element to his game that Jaron Hall does not. And that is the deep ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jaron throws an accurate deep ball here and there. I feel like every deep ball Baylor throws is right on the money. I mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, Jaron Hall, very much, because he's young, has his main receiver in a check down. Whereas Baylor, I feel like, goes through all of his progressions and will hit a deep route, even if it's not his main option. If he sees it's open, he'll take it. So that's why we're really high on Baylor. We're high on Jaron, too, but Jaron's got to be at 100%, which, according to some information, he wasn't. Yeah, and so let's go through that. Um, <laughs> this kind of plays into what Dan was saying about coordinators. Yep. Um, so Jaron was a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Baylor did not dress, so I'm assuming he didn't clear concussion protocol yet. Yeah, right. that's yeah. what I'm assuming too. So, they ask a Rod on Coordinator's Corner, which is like a it's like a coordinator show they do every Monday at eleven, whatever. 
they asked him, how much practice did Jaron get? And get this, guys. So Jaron Hall, okay, coming back from a rib injury, he had a rib. He had a rib. Okay? He's he had out a rib. with the rib. He's got a rib. He had, he had a rib. <laughs> he was out with a rib. And rib, that's affecting your throwing motion, your torque, running. That's a big injury. Physics. He, <laughs> he only practiced of the week leading up to the Boise game. A third of the reps on Thursday and half of the reps on Friday, which is a walkthrough day. And only half the reps on a walkthrough? He got... Oh, hello there. <laughs> Abby just walked in. Hi, Abby. Hi. If you're listening to this, send a message to Abby telling her you love her. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. How is it that you start a quarterback that's coming back from an injury... <clears throat> And only got maybe 10% of the reps all week in practice. I, I, Jacob Conover, like, the coaches must have faith in him. Because <laughs> if our quarterback's getting 10% of the reps and half a walkthrough? Yeah, I, on a walkthrough. Like, I don't know. I don't doesn't think do much. He's not prepared, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't that's know. what it seems yeah. like to me. It seems like Jaron Hall's not 100%, which is sad. All right, yeah, we got to move on from that topic. Yeah, uh, okay. Let's talk about our okay, okay, adjusted okay. expectations moving forward. What do we think this BYU team has left in them? I just want to be better than Utah. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. We are 5-1. and one. They're 3-2. and two. They still have a shot to win the Pac-12. BYU has the shot to win the Independence Bowl. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My man. goal, be better than Utah. That's what I've resorted to. Okay. Yeah. I think we'll lose you know, one or two games, not go to a New Year's Six, go to some random bowl game. And I think, you know, if you look back at this season, it'll still be like a you know, good season for you know BYU standards, or at least Kalani Satake standards, compared to his first couple seasons. And it's looking a lot like last season to me, you know, where we had a lot of momentum, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of hype, a lot of you know, national coverage and then we go lose game and yep. you know we can't recover from that so maybe that's what will happen again this year we just lost the game we know we could still have a good season but not a special one i think our next game will tell us a lot about what this team's made of yeah. going to baylor who's looking really good mm-hmm. absolutely moving forward i'm gonna say we need to win out do i think we will no honestly i think we're a nine and three team that will play in a meaningless bowl game, like Jared said. <laughs> we need to win as much as we can for recruiting points. And yeah. we landed ice. We got that four-star D lineman recruit. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why he committed after that game, but he did, and we're really happy about it. We need more recruits like him, and we'll only get that if we keep on winning. Mm. My, I'm, I'm going to say this. Like Dan was saying, for Kalani standards, this is a good season. For an elite program, 9-3 and three is mediocrity. If we hope to be an elite program, which I think – we have the backing of like our athletic department that they want us to be an elite program. Mm-hmm. We need to expect more than eight and four or nine and three. We need to expect a new year six caliber team. And I think that BYU needs to expect that of themselves. They really do. I was in BYU's football facility while I was trying to like walk on and trying to, you know, be a part of the team. And they had their goals up on, you know, their goals posted everywhere. They want to maybe get to a New Year's Six. Their, their main goal is to beat all their rivals, which, okay, I get it, is a goal. Yep. But, like, win a national championship is not on that list. They don't believe in themselves. They don't believe that they can do it. We need to change our expectations for this team. The team itself needs to change its expectations for itself. Okay, I like that. I think if BYU can win nine or hopefully ten games this season, I think it can be a step towards that bigger goal, like you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm especially with the next two years before we join the Big 12. Exactly. If we can win 10 games this year, 10 games next year, then we can start to have those lofty expectations, and that might be one of the goals, right? Yeah. So, and yeah, I think that's definitely possible. With the schedule, too, 10 games is, is good. We've yeah. Got a lot of Power 5 teams here. Um, hopefully some of them help us out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Help our strength of schedule. But, you know, 10 game. With this schedule, it was you know better than a lot of us could have hoped for mm-hmm. before the season, and so you know that's a it's a good result. I think having seen the way we can play through the first few games, we can expect better. Mm-hmm. 
but ten games is is pretty good. Yeah, and thinking step in the right direction. Thinking through what I said, like nine and three, ten and two would be great if we were in a conference like the Big Twelve and had a conference championship to go play for. Mm -hmm. As an independent, we don't have that. We lost to a Boise State team. It's not like we lost to like another undefeated team that's going to end up going undefeated. We lost to a team that at the end of the year might be struggling for bowl eligibility. Yeah, who knows? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's rough for us. But you know, if we can make ten and two in the Big Twelve, I absolutely welcome it. But for now. We need to take care of business. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, glad we got that out of the way. Um, yeah. No time. <laughs> yep. Time to throw the pessimism out the window and uh, put the you know not blue goggles, but put our happy goggles back on happy goggles. and start talking about the wonderful sport of football. Alrighty. Well, uh, let's jump into a, just a little quick recap of the Cougs and the Pro that had great weeks this week. Um. Yeah. I think the first one on everyone's mind is Zach Wilson. Boom, boom. Uh, he went to London Town. Ooh. Played a game. The NFL sent the Jets and the Falcons to London. A lot of the teams they're sending. Um, he had a rough start again. Finished pretty yeah. well. You know, Put together a few scoring drives in the second half, but kind of struggled, mm. especially at the start. And I I read that he leads the NFL in interceptions now <laughs> after that game and has the lowest passer rating. Oh no! I don't blame that all on him. Obviously, hmm. he's oh. on a, oh, <laughs> the no, Jets. Yeah. He's got his work cut out for him, but um, he you know he's shown his promise in all of those even bad performances. So just gotta be patient with him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Zach Wilson, like an hour ago, I got a notification of Zach Wilson in an interview with somebody said that quote. Oh, it just literally went away. My phone <laughs> locked as I was about to say, quote, uh, let me pull it. But now my phone doesn't want to cooperate. Of course. You know, what's going on with this? Okay. So basically what he said is, okay, I got it. Jets QB Zach Wilson says he's overthinking throws and needs to rip it more over the final 12 games. So honestly, I think we can expect to see more interceptions as he goes yeah. every ball deep. <laughs> I hope he comes for Peyton Manning's yeah, he's coming for it. record. He's coming for the record. <laughs> he just got to rip it, man. My favorite thing is when anybody, like we'd say this in the cross, gets into the box, you just, oh, rip yeah. it! Rip it! <laughs> just side rip it! Anytime Zach Wilson drops back, just yeah. scream, rip, rip it! Especially when he's off platform. Yep. People oh, yeah. love talking about platform. that. He's off platform. <laughs> he's he's going to make a play. <laughs> oh, All right, okay. next we got Jay Swag Daddy. Ooh, Ooh, Jamal Williams. Uh, you need to go check out the Lions. It's Jamal that or whatever. Mm-hmm, Jamal that. Segment. Um, <laughs> he had so another funny. solid game. He's leading the team in rushing for the Lions. It mm-hmm. is the Lions. Yeah. But Jamal's leading their rushing. And let's be honest, Jamal's strong suit was always pass pro. And he's done a really good job of this. That this yeah. Year. Speaking of pass pro, we got Brady Christensen. Uh, he hasn't played much for the Panthers, but this last game he played every single snap. Many think that he's going to be a starter going forward, so shout out to Brady. Thank you. Yeah, it seems like he's broken through. Yeah. Um, another rookie, Dax Mill, on the football team. <laughs> um, he hasn't played, I think, at all up until last Sunday. Um, Washington had some injuries in their receiving core. He played... He had a beautiful sideline catch oh, where he oh, kind of dragged both toes and like leaned over and caught it. It was so beautiful. Go check um, it out. Look it up. Yeah, look it up. It was it was like textbook. Yeah. It was perfect. I think that hopefully will earn him more playing time. He drew another big PI, had another reception. It was a you know, solid debut for yeah. Dax Mill. No, he did it. He did really good. And that PI, he he got his guy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> his guy was like cuz he was an out and up and on the first cut his guy was reeling and then he came on like you know, Dax was running out, and the guy came and, like, tackled him as yeah. he stood because of so <laughs> he, he was him. doing really well. Uh, and then Taysom Hill, who got absolutely schmangled. Dude, yeah, it was bad. Schmangled. That was bad. He got fadoodled. Right in the head. Yeah. Now, prayers up for Taysom Hill. Hopefully, he has a quick recovery from bad, that concussion. Bad concussion. Yeah. Good news is that his head is still attached to his shoulders, so that's good. Thankfully. Yeah. Well, that covers our coverage of the NFL. Let's get college football now. And may we just say, college football is beautiful. What a weekend. Holy crap. Let's dive right into it. <laughs> so first up, we got uh, the opponents that BYU has or is going to play this year. How did they do? Uh, they did all right. Arizona lost to UCLA. Utah beat USC. 
Arizona State beats Stanford. They're now ranked ahead of us, number 18. 18. USF, USU had buys Baylor, 145-20. to 20. They're 5-1, and one, so they're looking mm-hmm. good. Well, watch out, BYU. <laughs> Washington State beat a hot Oregon State team. Oh, okay. So Washington okay. State might be a team that we don't need to trifle with. Uh, Louisville lost to Virginia. Virginia won. Virginia um, I say Louisville lost, but we'll get into that. Why I say that a little bit later. <laughs> Idaho State beat UC Davis 27-17. Now get this. UC, Idaho State beat UC Davis, who beat uh-huh. Tulsa, who beat Memphis, who beat Mississippi State. Who beat Texas A&M? Who beat Alabama? I... <laughs> so therefore, Idaho State better than Alabama. Yeah, we got to be careful with them. <laughs> uh, Georgia Southern lost to Troy by three. They're two and four, not looking too hot. And then USC got smacked by Utah. So yep. Oh, all in all, it was a decent, decent week for BYU's opponents. A lot yeah. of teams won on our schedule. Actually, all of them except for Georgia Southern and USC and Arizona. And Arizona. <laughs> it's kind of a given. <laughs> And here we go with our fastest 15. Uh, get the music going. <laughs> our boy Matt corralled some angry Razorbacks Whoa. and took them to the slaughterhouse. Oh, baby. Don't believe us? Just check out didarkansaslose.com. Yes, sir. Kirby outsmarted the Auburn Tigers in a 34-10 beatdown. Georgia said, Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Hand the Tigers one big L. Georgia proves they should be the number one team in the nation, beating Auburn 34 to 10. In the battle of G5 powerhouses, the UTSA Roadrunners. Oh, that was an R. <laughs> All over the top of the Western Kentucky's hill. Beep, beep. <laughs> UTSA continues to march on their tour of G5 dominance, winning 52. To 46. What a game. In another battle of church and state, the orange man tried to take a picture in front of the chapel. Oh, he shan't do that. But the demon deacon snuck around back and got the victory in overtime. <laughs> Wake Forest 40, Syracuse 37. Are they ACC favorites? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Adrian Martinez and the Cornhuskers shucked themselves right out of the game, fumbling on the go-ahead drive. Cue Rocky Balboa. Adrian! Somehow this may have saved both Scott's frosted tips and Harbungle's jobs. The Wolverines escaped death, unlike the X-Man. 32-29. This is Sparta! (laughs) Kenneth Walker III shook more than just hands on his way to 232 freaking yards and a tutty. Sparty wins the battle of medieval and old eastern super buff sword-wheeling mascots 31-13 in beautiful palindromic fashion. In a four-overtime thriller, the Bobcats proved to be the superior feline. Meow. <clears throat> the South Alabama Jaguars, Jaguars, were emasculated by Texas State and by their own childish helmet sticker. Texas State wins 33-31. Wow. The Red River shootout got canceled, so instead we watched the Red River rivalry slash showdown instead. However, gun violence was never more rampant as both teams blasted the over-under into next week. Spencer Sidham Rattler got handed the clipboard as his backup. We want Caleb. We want Caleb. Williams came into the lead. The big game boomers back from down 21 to grab the dub out of Sark's sober, maybe, hands. Oklahoma wins 55-48 in an all-time classic. Oh, I love me some good Red River shootout. Got a lot. We head to Iowa City where the fans waved hands at the kiddos in the hospital and fingers to the Nittany Lions as they sent State Pen packing home with the L. The black and yellow, black and yellow, you know what it is, got down big early, but then laid the corn on scene Clifford the Big Red Dog, who exited the game with a rib. He's got a rib. The ball Hawkeyes turned James Franklin the turtle over four times on their way to a 23-20 victory. In a drastic turn of cheese it bet events, the oh, no. Seminoles took the Tar Heels to semi-school. Oh man. Throwing their spear right into the Achilles Tar Heel of UNC. Sam Howell continues his wise strategy of not getting drafted to the Jaguars. Take another L to Florida State 35-25. Is he tanking on purpose? Mm-hmm. Mark and the Kentucky Wildcats treated the LSU's tiger like Mufasa. Pushing him right off the cliff. They had to stoop over the edge to see Ed Ogeron. Ogeron gone. Kentucky beats LSU 42-21. 
beautiful day Alabama lost They are no longer in the playoff Hail to Jimbo Beautiful bride, college football day. Texas A&M beats Bama, 41-38. An unstoppable force met an immovable object last week with UMass and UConn, both putting their winless records on the line. That Miniman muzzled the Huskies winning 27-13 and stormed the field with all 200 students in attendance. <laughs> The Virginia Cavaliers mount to the back of Bronco Mendenhall to complete an epic comeback beating the Cardinals 34-33. Louisville Slugger? More like Lossaville Sucker. <laughs> Somebody has to talk to Ronco Slumberhall about how he's getting inside kickers' heads like the Matrix. That's two weeks in a row, boom! Wow, wow. The Cowboys were left behind riding their tauntauns on Hoth as Brad Roberts and the Air Force Millennium Falcons sped away for the victory, 24-14, kicking them out of Jared's top 10 indefinitely. i see you in hell, Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, and that's the, the 15 games of the week that we wanted to recap. Yeah, yeah it was a good weekend, I think. <laughs> that was great, yeah. A few exciting games. Mm-hmm. So let's get to our picks. Um, was kind of a rough week for us. Still, we, can't, we all have bragging rights. You want to know why? Why None of that? us have gone under 500 yet. We all, all three of us, went five and five. And shout out to Jessa, who went six and four, tied Ooh. for first with the guest podcasters. What I love about this is I think we all had like two games where we were kind of different from each other. Yeah. And we all had the same record at the end. <laughs> yeah. Like That's just how college football goes. You know, you never know what's going to happen. It's yeah. fun. Dan's got the bragging rights still. He's one point in the lead. He's 30 and 20 on the season. One while game the, Jared and I are 29 and 21. We're, we're hanging in there. Right we're coming for you, Dan. I'm honestly surprised that it's this close. Like, I, I know. That somebody away <laughs> this by now. far into the season. I like it. I mean, that's college football for you, like you said, Justin. Uh, as far as our upset picks go, not the greatest week for everyone but me. Okay, yeah, sure. Just rub it in our faces, Jerry. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, Memphis somehow lost to Tulsa. I don't know how. Uh, don't Memphis, know how. you're dead to me. I'm never betting my cheeses ever on you ever, ever, ever again. You didn't even cover. You lost by six. So get out of here. Yep. UTSA, wagon. Everybody they on. Are a wagon. Uh, Virginia Tech blew the game. They were um, supposed to lose by one. That was the. That was a line, yeah. So. Not the smartest pick on my half, where <laughs> they <laughs> could either win the game way. or not cover at all. <laughs> they lost at a game-winning field goal to Notre Dame, but you know, Freaking Notre they Dame. put their hearts on the line. Credit to them. <laughs> Good job. And for Jessa, San Jose State didn't win or cover. We won't even mention the score, because that one was bad. <laughs> yeah. So the leaderboard for our upset picks is now Jared with six <clears throat> points. Me with four points, Dan with one point, and all of our guests cumulatively that have one point. Shout out to Riley, who got that one point. Nice. <laughs> okay. So moving on, let's talk more about some of the big games. You know, we got to go through our, you know, review of the 15 big games of the week. But let's talk in it in a more um, regular tone. Yeah. <laughs> Not screaming at the top of our lungs with our voices. Yes. Uh, let me ask you guys, how are you feeling about Spencer Rattler? <laughs> said regular that's <laughs> um, <laughs> a rattler when are people going to realize that he's not good I mean he had a lot of hype you know coming to Oklahoma he's had a couple years there and he has never seemed that good to me never nope never on this podcast, um, we called him a fraud from day one. Day yeah, one. seems like he's kind of a diva as well, like <laughs> a little cocky. Um, but you know, he's shown he's kind of turnover prone, interceptions or fumbles or what have you. Um, and Caleb Williams, shout out to him for you know breaking through, making the most of his minutes. 
for yeah. Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is definitely better with Caleb Williams than Spencer Rattler. Oh yes. Yeah. Shout out to Caleb Williams for ruining all of our picks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Gosh. we underestimated Lincoln Riley. We I thought Lincoln so. Riley was just going to play to the. This is our quarterback. We need to have him in, you know. But yep. Lincoln Riley, he's got the acorns, man. Oh, Put yeah. Spencer Rattler him. on the bench. Benched him. Yeah, and then he just he just let Caleb Williams cook too. Like he didn't put handcuffs on him, right? Not nah, he let him do his thing. Um, yeah. Interesting thing about Caleb Williams after the first position he comes in. Um, I was listening to Kirk Herbstreit talk about it, um, and he said he was watching him like during timeouts, right? Like during the commercial breaks. Caleb Williams comes in first thing he does after like leaning down for a touchdown or something, right? He goes to the kickoff team. In their huddle. The kickoff team's like in the huddle, ready to go out, right? And Caleb Williams, this <laughs> like true freshman quarterback, comes up, gets in their huddle, starts like slamming the guys on the chest, dapping them up, like, let's go, we got this. Like, we are getting back in this game. You know, they're down two scores at this point. And then he goes down to the defensive huddle, you know, because they're yeah. taking the field next. And he does the same thing. He starts leading the troops, right? So Caleb Williams man. looks like the man to me. Yeah, that's yep. what you want in a quarterback. We've kind of all been kind of suspicious of Oklahoma so far, but if they've got Caleb Williams starting and playing, I think it's kind of a different story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See what we get from them. Man, and Spencer Rattler, have fun after you enter the transfer portal and end up at the great school of Toledo. (laughs) Well, is he just going to pull a 2020 and be like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to go to Arizona and prep for the NFL draft. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to opt out. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. He would get drafted exactly zero with overall. He would not get taken. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. There's some pretty dumb NFL teams. That's true. (laughs) My team, the Jaguars. might take it. All right. Here's actually like a very interesting question. Is there a better ri- better rivalry in college football than the Red River rivalry slash shootout slash showdown? Oh, man. Honestly, Every right now, I don't think so. Good question. Every year, this is like a 45 to 52 game mm-hmm. that comes down to the wire. Yeah. It's an yeah. incredible game. Like Every time that they play, it's always... High flying scores. It's always drama. There's, you know, there's so much drama in it because Oklahoma and Texas both have so much history. They go at each other. It's absolutely incredible. I love watching that game every single year. Yeah, personally, I'd rather have this than the old LSU Alabama games that are like nine to six or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the game, I think this is a lot more entertaining and I would say a lot better of a rivalry. So, yeah, there's a few others Ohio State, Michigan. Mm. That's a good one. Could be good if Michigan ever won it. Freaking <laughs> Auburn, Alabama is always a good one. Yeah, the Iron, yeah. the Iron Bowl. Yeah, some good rivalries out there. Yep. BYU, Utah. Good week. It's a good. It's a good rivalry now because BYU won. So, just saying. Yeah, so, so I'm just pulling some stats right here. Okay. Okay. Um, in the last eight years. These have been one-score games for the last eight years. Holy cow. Oklahoma has won a lot of them. No, no, no. Since 2013 was the last time it was not a one-score game. Okay. So however many games that was. But Oklahoma has won like six of them or something. Um, Texas has only won twice. But they've been one-score games every single time. And all in the 30s and 40s and 50s. So Holy cow. I, yeah. That speaks for itself. <laughs> So it's a good game, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, is Alabama good? Alabama is good. Uh, I think they had an off game. I think they really got caught off guard. <clears throat> I honestly don't think they're a national championship team this year. Okay. But you know, to say that they're bad is an overstatement. Uh, but they are not Alabama quality right now. But who knows? You know, Alabama's won the national championship before after dropping a game. Maybe this is just going to give them the extra fuel that they need to go to set the college football world absolutely ablaze. Mm. Guess we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I've kind of been saying that Alabama hasn't lived up to their standards this year. You know, mm-hmm. even after the Miami game or the game after that, like you could tell that they weren't the same Alabama, right? And right. I think this week it just caught them in the butt. Like if you're not going to be the same Alabama, teams are going to come and get you, you know? So shout out Jimbo for coming through. Yeah, I mean, I think Alabama's kind of been at the top of the pyramid in college football for a while. I think at least this year, other teams are starting to catch up to them. Mm-hmm. You know, put together competitive teams. Mm-hmm. When Alabama loses, America wins. wins. <laughs> <laughs> Let's and, talk a little... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jared. No, I'm just a, just a quick little stat. The 
you know, normal good teams in the playoff. Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. Clemson is. Yeah. Right, they're gone. Alabama and Ohio State both out of the picture right now. Yeah, <laughs> just the glasses. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of nice. I just kind of like that. I think that's cool. Let's talk a little bit about the Iowa-Penn State game. I think we jumped over that a little bit. How do you guys really feel about what happened in that game? I mean, Penn State was up 17-3. to Yeah. And then Sean Seen Clifford. Seen Clifford. Got injured, and after that, they only got three points. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know what to think about that. Because Iowa does have a good defense, but... Sean Clifford, like he wasn't playing amazing, but they had, had seventeen, like they had a two touchdown lead. So I don't really know. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, don't know what to make of that game <laughs> because you know, with the injury, it you know changed so quickly. I don't know how to evaluate each team. I think Iowa proved they have a solid defense. You know, they forced all the turnovers, and Penn State they proved that with seeing Clifford, they're really good. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to make out each team after a game like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if Sean Clifford stays in that game, Penn State wins. Yeah. And I'm trying to I'd take agree. that into my evaluation of like how I'm ranking these teams. Obviously, you have to give the Iowa the leg up because they won head-to-head. Right. But yeah, if Sean Clifford stays in the game, I think Penn State wins, and I think they win it easily. Yeah. I think Penn so State's a better know. team. Sean Clifford, like where he's at? I just looked Prognosis at it. Is. He has an undisclosed rib. He's got a rib. He's it's got okay. a Jaron Hall injury. <laughs> They say he is questionable for the Ohio State game, which is October 30th. Okay. Oh, Ooh. in a couple of weeks. That's so like, is, yeah, that's in two weeks. Yeah, so he is out. They said, yeah. So he's out until then, but they still don't know for sure if he's going to be back. Mm-hmm. They have a bye week this week, plus an Illinois game, then Ohio State. Okay. okay. And they, they have said everything but, like, he's not going to play for Illinois. Right, yeah. Game, so. They could survive the Illinois game without him. Yeah, I think so. Mm. But, yeah, anyway. Interesting. Just thought there. Okay. Um. Question. Does BYU belong at number 19? Dan, you want to take this one first? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say after a loss like that. Mm-hmm. They do. <laughs> so emotionally, you would say no, but you know, logically... They they being five and one, having a couple good wins over Arizona State and Utah. I don't think it's very far fetched to have them at nineteen. Um, I think the voters got a little ahead of themselves, putting them at number ten. Yeah, <laughs> with you no, know, especially since they haven't really you know dominated a complete game and whatnot. So I think you know, I'm comfortable with them being at nineteen. Okay. I think you know any higher than that, and I. I think they'd be too high, but I think they definitely deserve some credit for you know overall what they've done this season. Mm-hmm. I think I agree. Emotionally, I don't want to see BYU in the top twenty-five right now because of how bad that performance. Yeah, <laughs> but it's bad. Logically thinking about it, like that's kind of BYU's ceiling for independence, right? Is kind mm-hmm. of end up in the top twenty, top fifteen, maybe if you have a fantastic yeah. year, right? So yeah. I think nineteen. I think that perfectly says where we are, right? We're a good team, you know, teams got to worry about playing us, but we're not a good enough team to be great. Mm-hmm. I will say, because Arizona State is ranked 18, mm-hmm. uh, they won last week, we lost, so that's like a big part of it. Right. Uh, I think we should be ranked ahead of Arizona State, just because we beat them, that's my personal philosophy, you beat a team, you should be ranked ahead of that team, right. and head to head. Um, <clears throat> 19 makes sense, you know, it, it hurts to see us there after being at number 10, but it makes sense, I will say that. Anyway, uh, one last thing before we get into our like playoff teams. Who is the best team in Ohio right now? Cincinnati or the Ohio State Buckeyes? Hey, this is a very interesting question. Because if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have said Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. But Ohio State has really turned up the heat recently. And CJ Stroud is playing, and he's playing well. He, he figured cooking. out how to play football. He's cooking yeah. with gas. So if you're asking me now, I think Ohio State has them by maybe... Mm, let's say I'd say Ohio State favored by about eight and a half. Okay. Yeah. On a neutral field. On a neutral field. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think Ohio State's better too. Cincinnati. I think we kind of know what we get from them at this point. You know, they're a really good group of five team. Mm-hmm. They've got the win over Notre Dame, but you know they're not like super great. I don't yeah. think. Mm-hmm. In Ohio State, the last you know ever since they're. Lost to Oregon by seven. They've 
just blown teams out. Been they've looked really good. I think they've, you know, t- like Justin said, turned up the heat. They're looking better and better every week. Last week they put up sixty six against Maryland, oh seventeen. God. Like that's a really good offense and a really good defense. So I think Ohio State's better at this point, even though they're ranked lower than Cincinnati. Yeah, for me, it's flipped. Ohio State doesn't quite have the coaching down. I mean, like they Nine have the coaches, day. but they just don't have the coaching down yet. The execution, right? Whereas mm-hmm. Cincinnati's the opposite. They don't have the they don't have the players that Ohio State does. Yeah, I think if both teams put it all together, Ohio State wins. Ohio State can compete for a national championship. I think Cincy can compete for an NY six win. Like, I okay. think that's yeah. their ceiling, right? I don't think they could win the whole thing. I don't think they win the playoff. I think Ohio State could with the talent they have. So I, I'm with you guys, but I think it's pretty close. Fair enough. All right, so with that, let's move into our top fours and our lurkers. Uh, we actually do have our top tens ready to go. For that, you'll have to check out our Instagram, at mm-hmm. Let's Talk Pod. We'll be throwing those up as soon as this episode goes live. So make sure to go ahead and check that out. Banter with us. Tell us how wrong we are. Tell us how right we are. Tell We're us how much right. you love us. Tell us how much you hate us. I don't know, whatever it is. So let's start out with Dan. What are your top four? Who are your lurkers? Um, my number one is Georgia. I think that's a good sense. We can all agree. All <laughs> Georgia has looked like a wagon, you know, with their yes. defense, especially. Um, number two, I've kind of gone back and forth a lot with these, but I'm going to go with Iowa. Oh, after, Iowa. After beating Penn State. Um, and then number three, I have Bama. Uh, I know really? what you're thinking. They just lost to Texas A&M. Okay. But... You know, they're very close to winning, and it was at Texas A&M, very True. hostile place to play. Great environment. And it's Bama. They still have Nick Saban. I think he's going to, you know, knock some sense into them, <laughs> hopefully figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. Never know. The SEC coaching. I mean, it's a bad look for Alabama, but I'm not convinced that they're, you know, all of a sudden not good anymore. Okay. I think it's just a tough week. Number four, I've got... Um, Penn State, they, you know, like Justin said, could have beat Iowa except for the injury. And then number five, I have Ohio State. And, you know, other lurkers besides Ohio State, I've got Cincinnati and Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of teams there in the Midwest. I think Ohio State's the best out of those three. And it should be a good um, rivalry game. Ohio State versus Michigan, and Cincinnati's up there as well. Um, as far as the playoff goes, um, it'll be harder for you know all those Big Ten teams to get in, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like maybe, I don't know, I'm guessing we could get two Big Ten teams in the playoff? I think so. Depends if it ends up being um, Penn State. Let's say Penn State and Iowa both went out. Mm-hmm. And it's Penn State Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, and Penn State beats Iowa. I think that's the best shot at it happening. Yeah, mm. I could see it too if Michigan or Michigan State or even Ohio State went out and beat Iowa. Yeah, I don't know. I think it could happen. I don't know. Yeah. Like, personally, if Iowa lost again or if they lost, I would not put them in just because their wins okay. haven't been the most impressive as okay. far as you know margin or whatever. That's very true. Fair enough. But no, that's just me. I don't know what the voters will say. So, yeah, that's who I've got. Alrighty. Justin? So, my top four, I got number one, Georgia. It's not even a question. Yep. yep. Number two, I have Iowa. Number three, I have Ohio State. Because, like Ooh, I said, nice. even though they have that one loss, I think they're cooking now. I think yeah, they, they really are. are, and I think they're going to be great the rest of the year. Number four, I have Cincy, who's looking good. I will admit it. We had the Temple game on. Uh, Jared and I had it on while we were making the t-shirts that we gave away. And uh, we we're like, oh, it's kind of a close game. And then we checked back in the second half, and since he was absolutely curb stomping, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Uh, lurkers, I have Oklahoma if Spencer Rattler is permanently benched. If Caleb <laughs> Williams go. is the starter, Oklahoma. Yep. Penn State, Alabama, who's going to be lurking but has to beat Georgia in the SEC mm-hmm. championship game to have a chance. And Ohio. Uh, why did I put Ohio State again? Not Ohio <laughs> State again. So my lurkers are Oklahoma, Penn State, and Alabama. Okay. All right, I also had some hard... This was hard. It's uh, hard. N- number one, uh, Georgia, not hard. Not, not yeah, hard nope. at all. See, and this is where it gets hairy. Cincinnati 
is my number two. <laughs> I think wow. that okay. they, the win over Temple really solidified to me <laughs> they can do what BYU cannot do, and that is score more than 25 points a game <laughs> and beat bad teams into next week. That is what Cincy does. Yeah. So they got number two. And then here's it just gets so hard for me. Number three and four. Ah, it's so hard. Okay, I got Iowa, Penn State, and Michigan State in my three and four slots. Michigan, <laughs> okay. Michigan State. Three teams, two slots. They do what they want. You're not going to stop Michigan State from running the football. Kenneth Walker the third is an absolute animal, and Michigan State has a good enough line that they can let him cook. Penn State totally depends for me on whether Seen Clifford can get back from his injury in time yep. for Ohio State, right? Because if Seen Clifford isn't 100%, Penn State isn't going to win. And then Iowa, I mean, they've done exactly what they've needed to so far. And if mm-hmm. they win the Big Ten, that I, yeah. you know, no they complaints. keep finding ways to win. As far as my lurkers go, I got Alabama and Ohio State, two really good one-loss teams. Mm-hmm. I got Michigan who's had some scares. They've had some close games, Definitely. but they're still winning. And then Oklahoma. And like you guys have said, Spencer Rattler doesn't play. Oklahoma's a contender. And that is my playoff in Lurkers. All right, great. And that's all the content that we have for this episode of Les Talk. Thanks for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Les Talk podcast, LESs in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Les Talk Pod. Oh, yes. We're posting a lot of content on the Instagram, especially nowadays. So make sure you check it out. Our top tens will be up as soon as this episode goes live. So make sure to go ahead and banter with us. Uh, DM us, talk to us. We'd love to banter with you guys some more. Oh, shoot. There's a football game on right now. There's a football game on right now? What do we got? We got Louisiana Raging Cajuns and the App State Mountaineers. Golly oh. gee, we got Tuesday Night Max, and we didn't <laughs> even know it. Holy what? We got to get cow. on this. Okay. Yeah, we got to go now because we got to watch this game. Thanks again for tuning into this episode, and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Rah, 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 rah,